Hey, this is Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you are listening to the EA Podcast with Eric Allen. Take it away, EA. Thanks, Fitz. Now I'm joined in the studio by our linebacker, our office linebacker, Bart Scott, in the house today. What was that you were doing in the hallway here at One Jets Drive? Well, well, you you know, I, I walked in the office, and I just can tell the morale was down. You know, it's hard to come to work without any music, soft music in the background, you know, stuff that you remember subliminally. I remember being in college, and, and like, I would know songs that I know I never listened to, but it was always playing in the background. So when they would come on the radio, I would find that I knew the words. It's hard to come in and not have a, like, environment that's, like, exciting. So, so the scene setter today, Bart, yeah, well, explain well, it for everybody at home. You walk through the hallways, you got your cool sh- shirt on first off, Brooklyn's own Iron Mike Tyson, well, the Roots t-shirt. Yeah, I love it. And, I, and, and Bart's looking all swole today because he just finished from the gym, yeah. but you came in and he didn't love the environment inside the building on the business side. Well, I was always known for setting the environment, for making sure everybody had fun. Every time you came to work, as a as a jet and we came in that locker room I had something going on whether it was the um, radio wars with Braylon he played his best song I played my best song then he went and got a bigger speaker then I had to go get a bigger speaker and it was just funny because like you know the players would come in and you know you're here for a long time and all the time is not a fun time you know you're tired you know you're beat up you don't feel like practicing you're sleepy you know you you know you're hurting you know, but when you put some music on and you have some fun, you know what I mean, it makes you forget about all that. So, you know, that's the same in the office. So I came up here, I heard click, click. Just a couple key strokes. Yeah, just a, you know, I could, could you imagine how annoying that has to be? You're trying to focus and concentrate, and you can hear somebody next to you pushing keys. So I said, listen, man, let's just get some mood music, you know. So I, you know, it was none around. I heard they don't have any speakers. I want to talk to Woody because he owns Baby Powder. He should be able to put a couple speakers up in the ceiling to set the mood because that's what's going to give you high productivity. You know, so if you, get, if you got high productivity, then you're going to get more accomplished. So what music were you playing on your phone today? Well, I didn't want to scare anybody, you know what I'm saying? No, so I, I kept, I kept it safe. I was looking for some Luther, but I didn't want to go too old school because a lot of these cats in here don't even know who Luther Vandross is. You know what I mean? So I hit them with a little music slash Mary J, stay, you know what I mean? Because everybody wants to be in love, but it got a good beat, but it's mellow. See, it don't have a lot of high pitches, a lot of you know, high beat line or nothing like that or deep beat. It's just mellow. You know, it's like that white noise when they tell you that you're, when you're studying, what do they tell you in college? Play Beethoven, right? Play Mozart. You know, you'll remember. Say that re- for, young, for young children. Yeah, well. and, and you're a retained. So I'm trying to help them retain. So you're I'm looking for retain. another job. I'm looking for another job. You're helping them retain with Mary J. Blige. Yeah, man. Correct? So everybody loves Mary. All right, so inside the locker room, you brought up uh, back in the day when you were here and Braylon Edwards, the Jets receiver, would have his music and you would have yours. What was Braylon playing and then what would you come back with? It was just it was just like the hottest, whatever the hottest music of the time was. But every once in a while, I would take him back old school. Like I got five on him, the Lux, or I would hit him with some Scarface. Because what happens is everybody's going to have that on their, on their iPad. But I would go deep. I would go deep to like Coogee Rap. Yo, Nas, go to early Pac, Biggie, and then he would have to counter with an old school song. Now we hit him with some MC Breed. See, people don't realize, why would you play MC Breed, Bart? Ain't no future on your front. Or, you know, people don't know that. But it was a subliminal diss to him because MC Breed was from Michigan, where we're from. So that's, right. how, so that's how you fight it out, man. 
It was almost like a breakdance battle, but we were just using our fingers instead of using our, our moves. You know what I liked? What you did when the Jets brought Braylon Edwards in here. Even before he stepped foot inside the locker room, you had boxing gloves hanging his locker. You remember that? But I'm just making fun, man, because he had just got in a fight in Ponderosa. Part of the reason he was part of the Jets was because, you know, first of all, you cannot go against King, King James. You know, he went against King James. He got into an altercation with one of his, his minions. So you were really poking fun at him? That listen, was the present? Listen, nobody's off limits. Nothing's off limit in the locker room. And what happens is if you have fun with it, then it doesn't have to be an elephant in the room. So, of course, it's like one of those things. Somebody fall or do something stupid to get blowed up. First thing you're going to do is you're going to check. Are you okay? Man, that was funny as hell. Right. And then you got to tease him about it. You know what I mean? You had a wax suit. If you had a wax suit, you know, James Hattie Bowe was a repeat offender, we would hang your suit from the ceiling. You know, that's just how it is. Listen, it, you got to have thick skin in the locker room. But what happens is when you're joking on each other, it brings a bond and creates a bond because now you're having fun non-football-wise. You're not talking about the X and O's. The fun is what people miss is not the games. I, I don't remember a lot of games. You know, I don't remember a lot of wins. I remember some losses. I remember the funny stuff that happens in the locker room before the game. I remember um, I remember Anthony Wright when I was a member of the Ravens, and we were playing the Steelers, and it was like one of his first times playing. And Anthony is our backup quarterback, right. so he's playing. He's getting a start, and he's like, I ain't afraid. I ain't going to let no man come in my kitchen, drink all my Kool-Aid. We're like, what the hell is he? He was like, oh, man, this dude's scared as hell, man. We Defense. We on our own today, baby, because this dude is scared. What was he talking about with the Kool-Aid? Exactly. When you're scared, you start saying crazy stuff to hype yourself up. So as a defense, we looked at each other, me and Suggs, like, we by ourselves today, defense. We, that, and and every, once, every once in a while, we would have that connection here. Every once in a while, me and Calvin would look up. We punted the ball like 20 times in a row. We look at each other. Defense, we by ourselves today, boys. We're going to have to pull something up magical. We're going to have to get a score ourselves. You know, and that's just something that the defense, we took, you know, because sometimes, you know, the teams I played on, a lot of times here and a lot of times with the Ravens, they were defensive, you know, defensive teams. You know, we won games on defense. The majority of the salary cap was spent on defense. So at some, at some point, we would say, listen, we understand who we are. Defense is on us. Why do you think when we were with the Ravens, we created the old – pitch drill. You always saw it with the Ravens. You always saw us pitching the ball. Like we get an interception, we pitch the ball because I can remember getting interceptions, fumbles, kickoff returns, get them on a six-yard line, a 10-yard line, and we lose 20 yards and kick field goals or, you know, lose the ball back. So we said, listen, it's no guarantee. It's no guarantee that we get a turnover and put them in a great position that they're going to score. So we started, you said, you know what, we're going to put it in ourselves. So we, we start pitching the ball all the time. You can always see Ed Reed in pitch position. or you always, we, we created like a wall and a setup return. Whenever anybody had an interception, we had a design return. And we always had guys in pitch. We, you would see multiple pitches. Deion Sanders, by far, is the greatest teammate I've ever had. Everybody knows Neon Deion. Everybody knows Prime. We know Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders, the teammate, will do anything. Not for, like, the people at the top of the roster, but for anybody in the bottom of the roster, man. Like, he didn't hide from people. He wouldn't sign an autograph, but he'll take a picture with anybody. So the difference between Ray and Dion is Ray, I don't know, because of the Atlanta uh, situation, he was always insulated. 
you would you could never see Ray at a mall. You would never see Ray out at something that was like, you know, just chill. You would either see Ray at his restaurant or you see Ray at an event. You'll see Dion at the local barber shop, like with his with his van. He had his conversion van with the tens on him. You would you'll see him anywhere. You'll see him walking in his flip flops in the regular mall. I will say this. The first time I ever met Dion, I think, was 2001. It was my first year here with the Jets. Yeah. And he came in and he saw Todd Husack, who was a backup quarterback at the time. And I don't even know how many years Husack was in the NFL. But immediately, Dion seeked him out because I think they played together late in his career, yeah. too. And they started hitting it off. It, that's prime, ba- man. Back and forth. But everybody's heated bravado and all, you know, the air. Dion was who he sold to America. That's how he made his money. Dion was the teammate. So I, I can remember we had this. This guy had to be like the 50th man on the roster. And, you know, he was like, Dion, I'm becoming the Dallas. And this, and this was in the offseason. Dion was like, man, hit me up. You know, whatever. You know, right. you can come through. You can stay at the, at the, at the compound. You know, because, you know, he had at that time, I know he moved, but he had like a – House in Dallas on 100 acres, had his own pond, whatever. So so the guy called Dion, like, Prime, Prime, I, I'm looking for your spot, man. I can't find it. Like, where is it? It's all of it. He, he, was like, he, was like, he was like, all I see is this hotel, and, and I don't see a house. He's like, man, that's my house, man. Come on in. You know what I mean? And that was Dion. Did you learn this, that from him, or is that all part of your deal to begin with? Because you took a different path than Dion. Because, shoot, when I was growing up, uh, high school days, Dion's on that cover. It's that, that famous cover of Sports yeah. Illustrated, Dion with the chains. Yeah, but you know what? You know, this, this is, see, this is what guys don't understand. Dion and Ray Lewis was probably the most frequently teased players in the locker room. You wouldn't think that. Yeah. But they had too much material. So Ray had did this, this shoot. Uh, maybe he was dating um, Lisa Ray or something like that. He was, at some point he was dating her. Um, and he did this shoot with her where he was on a pack of cards. And every shoot, like he was a pharaoh and she was like in some Egyptian stuff. Every card was that. So we found out that they existed and it had happened a long time ago. Sure. But it, Rex had this thing. We all had this thing because Rex wasn't the head coach at this time. But if you did something, we would find it. We would exploit it. Whether it was a stupid commercial you did in the offseason for like some chump change or whatever, we would find it. And so we bought like 30 packs of the cards and we put them out. We would just be throwing them everywhere, and Ray would get mad. He'd try and get and collect them all and throw them all away. But we teased him all the time. So you talk about that famous uh, Deion Sanders picture when he had the chains on, yeah. but he had a leather jacket on because I get I know what you're talking about. It was a black leather jacket, and it had upside-down triangle, and it had prime within it, and he had leather pants. He had a jerry curl, and he had sunglasses. But he also had on white snakeskin loafers. Okay. So, of course, we found that picture. Guess what we did with it? You put it all over the locker room. Nope. We went and had T-shirts made. Every player in the locker room had a prime time T-shirt, and we would go out to practice with them, and we would wear them in warm-ups just to make fun of them. You know what I mean? So it was like. But he probably loved it, like you said. He's such a great teammate. Was just, was, what, what did anybody do to you in your career that you can repeat on the podcast anyway that you really got a kick out of? Well, no, it was funny, man. Like, early in my career, man, like, they should tease me, especially Dion, because I was trying to get laser hair removal, right, in, like, 2003, right? Were you really? Yeah, because, you know, 
early on, you know, even now, I still, like, ingrowns was always tough for me, yeah. right? So I'm like, I'm going to get laser hair removal, but the technology wasn't, was new. Yes. So what happens is when you get laser hair removal, like, because the problem with black people was uh, it would confuse the pigmentation in the skin with the hair follicle. So sometimes the laser would miss and shoot your skin, right? So what happened was one time, one time I got it done and it missed my skin and I got burnt. So what happens when you get burnt, like you can't tell for a while, but then your skin starts peeling off. So I had like pink spots all under. So when I, of course, when I put my chin strap on, it was rubbing it off. And Dion teased me, it's like, man, what the hell? It's like Freddy Cougar, man. In the huddle? Every day in practice, yeah. into a hill. It took a while for the color to come back on my face. And uh, Anthony Mitchell used to call me Nestle Crunch, you know what I'm saying? Which was funny, you know what I mean? Because we, we teased him. Everybody had something to tease about. You know what I mean? We always made fun of Terrell. We made fun of everybody, man. And we got here, we had fun as well in this locker room. What do people uh, don't know about David Harris? Because uh, a lot of guys who are teammates with Dave will say, you guys don't see Dave because, of course, he doesn't want the spotlight. He's not much. He's a friendly gentleman. Yeah. He's a guy who treats the media with respect. He just doesn't. Yeah, we've like the odd couple, right? He, 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 right. He's he, going to give you exactly the answer you asked for. It's not going to be any color to it. He's not going to paint a picture. It's just going to be yes, no. It's going to be straight to the point. Right, but inside that meeting room, the guys say. Dave, Dave, Dave is a sarcastic a-hole. <laughs> you know, that's what people don't realize. Like, he shoots, he's real subtle with it. He'll say something that's a joke, or he'll say something under his breath. I remember him and BT, they would always say something, they'll look at each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it would take me a while to realize that he was, he was trying, he was shooting. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. you're shooting, Dave. Yeah. You know, but, you know, me and Dave was like the odd couple. You know, I, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm loud, you know, I'm loquacious, all that stuff, and Dave's just, like, chill. So, like... I would be talking and, it, you know, but I can get it out of them. You know what I mean? We, we, we had a lot of, you know, fun moments, you know, watching, you know, because we had Monday night at Bart's, of course. So guys would always come over every Monday, watch Monday night football, and then we'd go out to the club. Now, sometimes they would go out, sometimes he wouldn't. But, you know, I did that to create an environment so that, you know, because in the locker room you have people at different parts of their life, you know, different belief systems. And so you may have guys that may not go out or you may have guys that want to go out but they have no excuse to get out for their wives. Or you may have guys that, that go out all the time. So how do you blend the, the married guy or the spiritual guy or the religious guy with the wild guy that's just wild not enjoying being young and, and rich and, and, and partying? For sure. Well, you bring them together on Monday night. Yeah, watch, so, them, watch them ball at your place. Speaking of a compounds, we've heard you got a pretty nice place yourself. Come on now. Nah, nah, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, ball, I'm balling on a budget, man. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's why I got, that's why I got 35 But Monday jobs. nights at Bart's. I always wanted to go over Monday night at Bart's. So we talked about that in the past. How many guys would you have over there? It all depends. Sometimes it'd be 30. Really? You know, sometimes it'd be, you know, and it was a good thing because, you know, you had, you had young players, old players. You had guys that make a lot of money, guys that were making a minimum. You had white players, black players, Tongans, Samoans, and you had everybody there. And what happens is the closer you can come together as a team, the better you're going to be on the football field. And so for, uh, folks at home, they might not realize this right now, is that for you guys, Tuesday's players' day off and not enough right. So you were very active in the community. You we still are. And some players, uh, you know, uh, take part in that uh, philanthropy as well. Some guys come in early on a Tuesday, get their ice bath, maybe a workout or whatever. Mm -hmm. But 
that's kind of when you can dictate your schedule. So Monday night for the young dudes, you that mean, might be the time where you can actually go out. Right, because you can't go out on Tuesdays. Right. Even though it's your off day, Wednesday you have to go to work. Right. So Monday is the day that you go out. So Tuesday you can come get your workout in. But if you're tired or you did it too big, you can go to sleep afterwards. Or you can do whatever you have to do because it's not a heavy day. You know, but if you go out Tuesday, then now you're coming into practice and you're dehydrated or you're tired or you can't focus. You need to be sharp for, for Wednesday. Right. So I made sure that it was on Monday because we come in Monday. Monday is a lift day, and Monday is like a day we just review the film. And you're out of here at 2, guys come together, then guys can go out so we can have fun. So I gave them an option. So I always, and I always pay for everything. I always had um, two party vans. So for the guys that want to go to the city afterwards, you can say, you know, you can tell your wife, hey, I'm going out to fellas, this team building. So now, you you know, you have an excuse to, to go out because sometimes it's hard for some guys. You know, the, the women run the household in a lot of these players' lives. 100%. Yeah, yeah, and you just saying, hey, I'm going out. Hold up, you married. What you going out with? You can just say, I'm team building. What do you guys have to do as far as when you went out as a group? Because I'm sure you can go out, even though you're a big guy and you're on CBS I'm sure sometimes in the city, because the city's so big mm -hmm. and there's so many personalities that maybe you're walking by and people don't recognize you. But if it's 20 of you in yeah. the city, 250 pounds, 300 yeah. pounds, people yeah. knows, know That's fine. That's up. fine. That's so, so how do you got to watch yourself as, as far as... We understood that we, if we're going to do this, we have to be responsible and we have to be professional. Right. We're going to go out here and have fun, but we're not going to put ourselves and make ourselves vulnerable. We're not going to get in trouble. You never heard about anybody that went out with me on one of those days for the four years I was here that got in trouble. We always took player protect. We always had off-duty police officers with us. So if anything happened, they can defuse the situation, and that's the responsibility. If we're going to go out, we're going to have fun, and we're going to continue this, then we have to make sure they're responsible we do it in a responsible way. Because at the end of the day, we're professional, we're men. So we should be able to go out. I don't care if it's a 1,000 of us. And we should be able to act accordingly and represent ourselves and represent our organization in a positive light, no matter what we're doing, no matter if we're at a party, no matter if we're bowling, no matter what we're doing, we can do it the right way. All right, we talked about boxing last week. Kel Brook got in the ring with Triple G. He looked very well. He looked very good. Oh, Brooke? Brooke looked good. I thought very they good. both looked good. Here's my he thing. Was, look at he, I, I, I should take a photo of you right now because you're looking all swole. I don't know how much you weigh. Like I said. He's you, leaving you, in a minute. You, it's temporary. If you're going to take one, you better take you, it early. You just got out of the gym yourself. But here's the thing, and you know this about boxers, is Brooke did look great. But he was muscled up. Wow. Gennady well, he, walks in there, and he's not... He's naturally the bigger man. He, yeah. he didn't look as in shape as I'm used to seeing him. Right. Just he, because Brooke looks yeah. so... He looked like a bodybuilder. Yeah, but, but Brooke, Brooke is kind of built like that. He's a muscular guy. You know what I mean? But Triple G can say whatever he wants. Triple G was hurt a couple of times you in that so? fight. I know so. The way Triple G backed up. A couple of the uppercuts I thought Brooke looked good And a, a couple of the body shots. So I had, Cal, I had Brooke winning two rounds. Did you? I had him winning two. And I knew because he kept rubbing his eye. I knew something. I thought he took a thumb to the eye. And because it's not like he was taking a beating, he was countering, you know, Triple G beautifully. I've never seen Triple G get hit with that. And I thought Triple G went in there like he's a naturally smaller man. He can't hurt me. Right. And he didn't respect it. And he, you always get hurt by the punches that you don't see. I would love to see a rematch. I became a Brook fan because he called Triple G out a person that people are afraid of. And he moved two weight classes up to do it. And he looked 
dynamic to me. So if when I moved, love Brooke. I think he's the best welterweight out there. Now, he you is. Saw, I didn't realize that. Travis, you, Terrence Crawford is a beast, too. Oh, man. Terrence Crawford. I love Crawford, too. Yeah, man. You saw Porter and Thurman in person. We were supposed to go to that fight together. Yeah. But you took your daughter. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, let you, you off the You, you can't there. get mad at the baby. Yeah. So, But I'm still upset I didn't get a chance to see that because Porter and Thurman. They put on a show. They put on a show. What do you think about those two and how they would potentially match up with Brooke at welterweight, 147? Well, I like, I like Thurman versus Brooke. I think Porter don't, don't have the skills to box in IQ. He's more of a, like... He's more of a mauler. He's yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he's like a canine bunch yeah. bunch Like, he just comes in, he, he hits you with elbows, he pushes you back. He, he's like a football player boxing. Not with natural punchy power. He's not right, a big Right, right. Punch- he's, a, he's, a, he's a muscular yes. guy. He looks great. But you look at Thurman, he doesn't have any muscles, and that's what you want. You know, I always think about Kelly Pavlik and how he had that whip yeah. because he was so skinny, no muscular, and he catch you on the end. It was like being at the end of the whip, like whoosh. You know, I mean, you think about even though, you know, uh, the hitman was super you know, ripped, he was still had that long, lean muscle. You know what I mean? He just couldn't take a punch when he was in trouble. You know, you knew, he, when he smiled, you knew it was in trouble. You know, he, he was like, ready to get knocked out. But um, I think Thurman would, would fare better. I would love to. Listen, people don't realize. People are, are saying, oh, UFC, UFC. Boxing in the next five years. It's going to explode. It's going to come back because you have so many great fighters in their prime, and they're on a collision course to fight each other. We'll get we'll we'll, we'll get November nineteenth. We'll get Kovalov and we'll get Ward. Right. That's great. But other than than those two in that division, I don't see anybody else. Pascal is kind of like a a, a level below them. Yes. But Crawford, Thurman, you know, even um. You bunch of, My guy that just went to jail for beating somebody up at uh, Craps. He he thinks he's Mayweather. Uh, billions. Oh, uh, the the problem. Uh, Anthony yeah. Anthony Broner. Uh, Broner. Bro, yeah, Broner. Broner. Adrian yeah, Broner. Yeah. So you got Broner once yeah. he comes back from his court Tim case. Tim Bradley's still a good fighter. He doesn't have knockout power. Yeah, yeah. But he's a good, he's yeah, a good yeah. fighter. Yeah, yeah. So he, he can get an upset maybe against one of those guys. Yeah. You got Porter. You got Thurman. Um, who's the guy that just beat um, the guy from California? Oh, from from uh, Sweden. He just beat the guy from California. That throws like a thousand punches around. That was a great fight too. I don't know, um, but I like the welterweight division. I always have. And but then I the think heavyweights Bro- are coming back too. I think Brook can beat anybody though at his weight, one forty-seven. He could, but as well, Thurman has knockout power. Now I know he didn't show it because he was smothered know, when by he, Porter. But when he's been going up in class, don't you think that you haven't seen the knock- knockout power now? Well, you know, he hurt his shoulder and he hurt his he hurt his he hurt his hand. You know, he had surgery and then he got in an accident. You know, and that's what postponed the, the, the original fight. But I would love to see Broner against against uh, uh, Brook. That'd be interesting. Broner, Broner, he's just a guy that lacks focus for long duration. But when he know, I know he would think, okay, I gotta fight this guy. I gotta be at my best. He's a great counterpuncher. He's a great fighter. He's just too arrogant, and he thought he was Floyd Mayweather too early. Yeah. You know, but, you know, we got some great fights because so triple, mad- triple G Alvarez at 160 is going to be special. It seems like Alvarez doesn't want that fight. He's going to have to take it. That's the mad backer, what? Bart Scott. Are we done? No. Oh, I'm about to say because <laughs> you're just getting underway. We gotta talk some Jets football at some point here. Okay, that is true. That is true. That is true. <laughs> let, me, let me take some protein. So. <laughs> 
Jets fans, you played here. Mm -hmm. You know the initial reaction Sunday afternoon at 4.30 yeah. after that ball they game. They probably hit with the same old, you know, the, that, that whole mantra, yeah, the same old the Jets. same old, the missed opportunities. And even though it's just one game, you know, a lot of people really upset. What did you take out of the first game? Because, you know, me working here, you're coming in here for the analysis. But honestly, I looked at the Jets and said they stood up to a good team, no moral victories, but there is a lot of good that happened. And you yeah. just mentioned Mondays as a player, you come in and correct the mistakes. Yeah. The Jets made plenty of mistakes too. Yeah, plenty. But they're a talented football team. Yeah, of course, plenty of mistakes. But the the, the, the issue is, it's plenty of talent teams. Did you did you get an opportunity to look at the Pittsburgh Steelers? You know, and you can't fall behind because New England went out and got a win that they that we all had slated as a loss. That's right. You know, Miami defense looked great. You know, to be able to slow down, you know, the, you know, Seattle and the 12th man. So, you know, I think before the season, we all kind of thought, you know, uh, Miami, yeah, right. That's two wins. Can't take anything for granted. It's a lot of talented football teams um, in this division. There's a lot of talented football teams in the AFC. Um, I thought it was some missed opportunities. I th watching the game in the studio, I thought the Jets should have been up, should have had like 24 points in the first. Half, you know, just missed opportunities. Nick Folk, you know, for whatever reason, just wasn't on point. Uh, I think Fitzpatrick, you know, coming in, he really wasn't as accurate as he would like to be. Some throws he would like to have back, and then the miscommunication on Revis. Um, I saw that call, and, I, and that had nothing to do with Revis on the long pass to, to AJ Green. You know, what we call that play is a speedo, and what happens is you have to communicate that play post play. And it's hard to recognize, but a speedo is when you have two receivers in a cut split. It's an indication that they're going to cross, that they're both going across the field. But how the, the Bengals dis, um, disguised it is they had a guy come in and do the fake reverse. See, but if you take that guy out the way, you have a cut split, you automatically know it's a speedo. But it has to be communicated between corner to safety to corner. Gilchrist grabs it from the front side because one of the overouts is coming to him. Once your man disappears, because you essentially have three on two, once your man disappears underneath, the backside corner is supposed to climb high and replace the safety in the post. So what happens is Revis keeps, maintains outside leverage. So what happens is you sandwich the receiver. That's why Revis was outside, but once he realized that nobody was there, he tried to late come and cut in front and hit because the, Revis was supposed to play for the post corner because he knows that Which he did and he was in good position, correct? Right. But that's what nobody at home everybody's like, oh, Reeves got burned by AJ Green. Where yeah. you're explaining this Yeah, the, the backside corner is supposed to we call it a shove. And once the overall happens, so that's basically like once my man disappears underneath, he's going to somebody else because we're doing three on three on two. So you have to recognize it immediately. As soon as your guy go away, you climb high. And, you know, I think Williams missed the opportunity to have an easy interception. But, you know, what happens is the fan um, sees the person closest to the person that what makes is the, action the in the, well, You're right. What is the action in the backfield, like you just mentioned? What did it do? It made the DBs freeze? No, no, it disguised, it disguised the, the intent and it disguised the formation. Okay. So... If they would have just lined up like that, they would have communicated it easy. 
but it's all about tricking your eyes. So they trick their eyes. And that's what the Bengals are known for, correct? Yeah. I talked to guys in the locker room yeah, going about back, that. Going back from Hugh, they're never going to show up and say, hey, this is what we're doing because you're a player. You understand what's coming. And I think, you know, Williams is relatively a young guy. The third year, yeah, right? Yeah, so, so, so that's one of those things that I don't expect him to ever get beat on again because I'm sure he got chewed out. And I'm sure that he felt bad that he left his partner vulnerable and now Revis has to answer questions that he shouldn't have to answer. Right, and that's the tough part of the business. Yeah, right? and then, you know, that's, that's what Monday was about because I'm, you know, Tuesday, I'm sure, because it's a short week. You know, that's what we're talking about. And what happens is it's a copycat league. Now, they're going to get that route until they get it figured out. So maybe this year, this week, it's Revis that has to climb high. Right. You know, so they're going to try and do it. They're going to try and duplicate it, but they're not going to give you the same exact route because teams assume that you corrected that. Everybody was very professional about that. And I remember you used to do that yourself is that, you know, the guy said miscommunication. They're not going to point the fingers. And, and yeah. that's what you expect from guys like Revis Gilchrist yeah. and even Marcus for a young guy. Yeah. Uh, he, well, well, of course he's not going to point the finger because no, he had to point at himself. No, but he's a tremendous kid. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Saying, but, but that's how you know you have a tight yeah. locker room. But I remember that Atlanta game where you guys played a phenomenal defense way back in the, the day. The Tony Gonzalez press out, yeah. cover two, and we talked about it before the snap, and the, we told the corner that was coming, who else do you think they're going to the Hall of Famer on a press out? That's all he runs. And me and Tony talk about that all the time on the set. And you and they came to you, and you guys were not going to discuss yeah. that's, fam that's family business. Yeah, family business, and I thought the Jets handled themselves well, and I still think they have a very talented secondary, bottom line. Yeah. Uh, wide receiver screens... How do you counter that? Because a lot of fans have been asking me that on Twitter. They, you know, there's this overreaction part, and I can't stand it. Mm -hmm. And you're laughing because you lived it, because you've been asked about it so many yes. times throughout your career. Anytime goes wrong, that's what we sign up for. You know, you know well, why receiver screens? What's the counter there? And uh, obviously, well, well, all screens. Yeah. The person who can disrupt the screen fastest is the D line, because. You know, once you recognize it, your guy leaves to go block. Yep. You you can't continue to pass rush, and you're not really accounted for. So the lineman will take you right to it. So you see a lot of times the outside linebackers, you know, are the guys that make the tackles on the screen because the guys there they have a blocker for everybody. You know, they have a guy for everybody. So it, it's it's important that the widest guy, usually the corner, sets the edge to make the the, the receiver have to take the ball inside. You can't get them outside because you cut your defense off because now everybody's – so now you got 11 guys, you know, to the left or to the right of the receiver, and he can get to sideline. You can't let him get to sideline. You make him have to come in. That's when you get the ear hole shots from the D lineman. But everybody has to do their responsibility to stand up and not give him a, a, a outside, you know – release. He has to come inside if he's going to catch that screen. You, do you think this has the makings of a very good defense, though? Did you see what they did? I mean, yeah. they Andy Dalton, I'm, so, I'm sure Andy Dalton is icing I'm not today. being a wise guy. No, no, no. I'm, no, I'm sure Andy Dalton is, is icing down today. Yeah. Like, seven sacks? Come on, man. He's right. never been sacked that much. Yeah. You know, you knew that they came in and said, hey, we got to get rid of the ball fast, and they, and they tried. You know, but they were just, I mean... It was a uh, awesome, you know, and you get Sheldon Richardson back this week, which is just going to add to to the chaos at the front line. Oh. And right now, the Buffalo Bills are beat up offensively. Glenn's injured. You know, Sammy Watkins is is hurt. You know, now you now you got to go up there. You got to be pissed off. One, you should be pissed off from last year because they stopped you from getting to where you wanted to go. 
also because this is a divisional game early on. And if you win this one, you get a long rest to recover. So this is like having a mini bye early in the season. So it allows you to have a strong first half because the, the Knicks and the plays aren't building up. If you can survive, the winner of this game is setting themselves up to have a mini bye, to yeah. be able to self-scout the next opponent. The landscape is totally different. You're right. Okay, so you just mentioned, so we're going to ask you to put your analyst hat on mm -hmm. as you look at this game because you know Rex's defense. Uh, better than anybody, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but I'm going to start. Well, this is not this is not that defense. No, okay, but I'm going to I'm going to ask you this. The, the first thing is you mentioned the Bills. They're banged up up front. Cordy Glenn. We don't know if he's going to play. He's their left tackle. Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Whether he's playing or yeah. not, and let's, seems, and let's talk about off the field issues. Seems, seems, that's, that's that's what's hurting him more than anything. Seems to be bothered with yeah. the foot. The Mary uh, Darius loves to puff in the magic dragon, so he's gone for four weeks. You know they lost Reggie Ragland, who I think Rex was trying to groom to be David, kind of be the field general to get everybody lined up. And then you know Shaq Lawson isn't isn't available. Right. You know, so, that, that's a huge hit. So right. so offensively though, Greg Roman. How is he going to attack this uh, Jets defense? Because, you know, in the past, the Bills would try to out-physical you. They were the number one team in the NFL in terms of rushing. Shady McCoy is a great running back. but Well, William, Williams were, was their hammer, and, and once again, off the field issues, he's no longer with the team. Right. So they don't have that ability. Reggie Bush is Reggie Bush. He's more of a finesse runner, and he's a guy that you're going to try and exploit in matchups, and, you know, much like um, – um, Chan use Forte. He, they're going to try and use him to match up against these these running backs. The person that the Jets are going to have to neutralize and the person that's a problem is what all teams try and attack um, the Jets, and that's with the safety. They're going to try and attack the safeties, and Charles Clay is one of the best um, utility tight ends in the game. You know, I, It's only maybe a couple other guys that's like him. And he's like a younger version of Delaney Walker. People remember all the things that Delaney Walker did when he was with San Francisco. If you watch what Delaney Walker does with the Titans, he's a matchup nightmare because he's not just like Gronk. He's also he's more like Hernandez, where he's able to motion. He can go in the backfield. He can be a fullback, you know, because he's not six six, so he can be a fullback. Or he can go out and he can be a receiver. And if you match up with a safety, they can run the ball. If you match up with a linebacker, they're going to leave him in space. So now that's the person that you have to try and take away because he works and controls the middle of the field. And they didn't really get him the ball. They had, he had one big play. That was on a, on a breakdown. Right. That was basically right. Tyrod making that so, play off. Exactly. It, so what happens is you have to make sure that you treat Tyrod like Michael Vick, meaning that you don't rush past his depth. You keep him bottled up, and you don't allow him to buy that time because when he buys time, that's when it becomes playground ball. So you keep him, you 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 confuse him and color his eyes, meaning that you run stunts in between because he's not tall. So if you run stunts in between, he has to move to see. See, if you just rush up the field, you're going to give him a thorn lane. So the same lanes that he looks to to throw to, he looks through to run through. So if you confuse the line and cross the linebackers run stunts in the inside, then he has to step out. And if he steps out, he should step out right to your outside pass rush. Well, a lot of people say he doesn't throw over the middle of the field a lot. That a lot of the third pass patterns that he's thrown, he's looking to throw outside the numbers. Why, is that a, more of a height thing? What's the deal there? Well, I think it's just more, more of their philosophy. Yeah. I mean, Charles Clay has a lot of times drawn so much you know, uh, coverage that they throw, they try and throw over the top.
you know, they, they, they're going for big plays. You know, he's capable of making all the throws. I think when it's all said and done in the next – by next year, I think we'll consider Tyrod Taylor top ten quarterback. Really? Yeah, he, he can play some ball. Now, you have to worry about him being healthy, but he can play some ball. That's interesting. Let me, so tell, you something. Let me, tell, let me tell you something. Rex tried to trade for him here because Ray Lewis and all those guys – we're telling Rex how dynamic he was. The As a scout was, team quarterback, right? Right. The, right. The, the problem was he was behind Joe Flacco, who had had tremendous success. But he's – make no bones about it. He's the real deal. Huh. Other side of the ball. You said this isn't Rex's defense that he played here, but he's obviously different personnel. But how is – tell me about the matchup between him and – Shane Gailey, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, Rex is going to try and jump things. Yeah. Because he doesn't believe that uh, Fitzpatrick has a big arm, so he's going to make Fitzpatrick have to throw to the field. He's going to pack the boundary and make sure all his throws that are available are to the wide side of the field. So if you're throwing to the wide side of the field, a five-yard route or a 10-yard route becomes 20 because you're throwing across the field. You know, much like, you know, Rex used when we were in Baltimore, it's what we did against Chad Pennington. We just say he throws a big ball. So, meaning he doesn't have elite arm strength. So, what happens is you make him throw passes that he has to put more mustard on it. And to do that, when you don't have a big arm, you have to load up to throw it. So, when you load up to throw it, it gives defensive backs the opportunity to jump things. So, it's going to be important for Fitzpatrick to try and hit something deep early to earn the respect because they're going to sit on all his routes. They play – you expect man press with Gilmore. And they'll play. They'll they'll play around. They'll play around. Yeah. They'll 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 come up and down. But at the end of the day, they're sticking. They're sitting on those sticks. They're waiting to to, to jump. So the I mean, you, you you should be coming with a double move early, trying to get your one. If you see a, 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 a if you see cover one, hit him with a double move. There'll be plays to be made down the field in this yeah, game be, early because they're not going to respect his arm. They're going to sit on all the routes. You know, I've been in those meetings. I know how he sees Fitzpatrick, and I know how he plays Fitzpatrick. He's going to sit on the routes and make him beat him. He's going to make him prove that he can complete a 15-yard out to the wide side of the field, which becomes, you know, that's something that, you know, Brady throws. That's something that Flacco throws. That's something that, you know, guys with big arms throw. Not, not a lot of guys, you know, throw those passes. What do you think about uh, Forte? Anything surprise you? Because you've been seeing he, He's who he is. He, I mean, 155 he, total yards that's is what pretty I'm saying. good. He is who he is. The, the the key is can the old man keep it up? You know what I mean? So I think you, you you're going to have to um, you know get Bilal Powell in some of those situations where you know those routes. Bilal Powell can do some of those same um, passes, those screens, those out routes. You know, matched up. You know, but you got to You got to You know, you, you you he was a workhorse the first game. You know, he may be able to be a workhorse this game, but sometimes you got to protect great players from himself. So you know, I would like to see him maybe five less plays, you know what I mean? That way you stay fresh, you know what I mean? Because you need him for the long haul, you know what I mean? Because you every, like Bilal, too. He's I a, love Bilal. Bilal, Bilal he has, was very explosive in that ball game. Bilal, Bilal has improved more than any player, I believe, in NFL. Really? His jump from last, from his jump from Rex's last year to, I think Chan didn't understand really what he had because Bilal Powell had, you know, he, we always knew he was a tremendous pass protector. But now we're starting to see, he's starting to figure out, I'm starting to see the running back that I saw on his highlight tape 
in Louisville. Out of Louisville. I'm He's start, so explosive. I'm, right. See, but early in his career, he wasn't. Yeah. He was five yards. He was four yards. Now he's now it's 13. 20. Right, exactly, because now he believes and he's, the game has slowed down for him. What about Anunwa? You excited about him oh, a little absolutely. bit? Seven receptions last game, and his emergence can help, I think, yeah. Brandon and Eric. So so this is how Rex is going to see Anunwa. Okay. Rex is going to see Anunwa the same way that Chan used to use Nelson. Because that's basically who he is. He's Nelson in this offense. So he's going to have the same game plan against Nelson. And that is? Oh, you want me to give up? See, I'm, I'm, I'm conflicted. <laughs> oh, really? You see what I'm saying? Because, okay. Because I'm, I'm you just it. went inside the room. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm conflicted, man. So like sometimes... No, I didn't know you just got off the phone with Rex. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean I'm, you, how do you think this is going to play? Uh, okay. How do you I mean, think? I don't know because. No, I know. I, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know the philosophy, but he has different personnel on that side right. of the ball. How do you think this is going to play out? Is this a. a this, this, this is going to be an emotional game because if this did. Listen, these two teams. Or Rex would play this game for free. He would play this game. If, they, if, if you guys ever scrimmaged each other, and he would play this like it was a Super Bowl. Yeah. So you have, to, you have to guard against that. Both teams are going to have to keep their emotions in check. They're going to have to keep their emotions in check. And the team that plays a clean game, Rex teams have been known for self-destructing with penalties, you know, uh, holding calls. You know, I guess penalties and holding calls are the same thing. So you have to make sure as a Jet that you just don't beat yourself. Make them beat themselves. Make them lose it. Is there an initial surge from playing at home and that place? Of course. And you you know, home is worth three points. You believe that? Absolutely. As a pro it's player. Three, it's worth three points. You know, sometimes even those first drives, it's so scripted, it's so much emotion. You know, that running back's running through. He's falling forward a couple times. You know what I mean? It's like their own script. You know, so it's going to be, a, you know, it's going to be emotional, but the game will settle down by the second so quarter. So what's going to happen by, by the fourth quarter? I don't even want a prediction, but do you, I, I, do I you see this game being tight in the fourth? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, what happens is I don't, you know, Rex, when you look at the Bills, I think they're more injured and less healthy than the Jets. So the Jets should have, should have the advantage because they're the fresher, more healthier team. They're the deeper team. Although uh, the offense of the Bills is talented on paper, they don't have a lot of depth. You, you got, they don't have a Nunwa. They don't have one of those, you know, unsung hero type of guys that can give you a spark. You know, right, where well, you just see it as the, the four players. You're high on Tyrod, obviously Sammy, Clay, Sammy, Sammy when he's healthy, Clay, and Shady. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, Bush hasn't given them that production. They, he has, so, so advantage Jets because of Nunwa and Bilal Powell. So that's two guys that, that's going to – contribute a lot, they got to put all the burden on, 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 those, four on guys. those four guys. On those four guys. And that's why you got to play clean. Yeah. You, Let them beat themselves. Let them self-destruct. you got to play clean. Because, listen, it, both teams got to make sure that they don't press. Like, this is a pivotal game. Nobody, like the statistics say, go on two. You know, you're, you know, and we all know what the Jets have ahead of them even after these games. You know, some yeah, it's like less than 20% you make the playoffs to go on to. Right. No doubt. And then if you're one-on-one, so everybody, 41%. Right. And, and like you mentioned, it's like around 41%. But like you mentioned, you win this game, you're fine. Yeah. And you get extended half, rest. Half, yeah. Half the, half, the league, half the league lost last week. Right. So half the league will be, you know what I'm saying? That's the mad backer. And who's going to be back here on Friday because we're going to break down the Jets and the Buffalo Bills. And hopefully the green and white are one-on-one. And, one. and um, I'm going to be working on about four hours sleep, brother.
Oh, you no. might have to carry me. Can I, you do that? Listen, footprints. I know you're doing a bunch of chin-ups today. No, footprints. Footprints. Yeah. You don't know footprints? No. You want me to explain footprints? How much time we got? Uh, we got about 30 seconds. Let's go. So footprints. So a man was walking in the sand. Oh, yes, and of was, course, dude. So what I'm talking, exactly. <laughs> so footprints. All it was right. then that God carried you. I'm going to carry you. <laughs> It's going to be one set of footprints. But it's going to be because I'm going to put you on my back. Yeah, that's it. Friday. <laughs> <laughs>